Today from the Global Lane, their nationalist leader is dead. Japan at the crossroads. Japan is towards China, not America. High-tech missiles and semiconductors, consequences for U.S. national security. Would China instigate a war to destroy competition in the high-tech industry? Everyone will lose because suffering from the war, but China will get a great benefit. Fewer adults believe the Bible is God's word to humankind. The disciple dilemma trend in American churches. We're converting people. We're getting people to say, yes, Jesus is Lord. And then we go about our business as if that has no consequence, impact, or cost in our lives. And what we find is people don't stick well with that. Coming soon to the USA, speech and prayer-free zones outside abortion clinics in the UK. And it's all right here on The Global Lane. What does the future hold for Japan and U.S. relations following the assassination earlier this month of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe? Well, just days after Abe's funeral, U.S. and Japanese forces proceeded with Operation Iron Fist, a joint military exercise in Japan. Was that exercise just for show, to send a message to China? How strong is the U.S.-Japan alliance well, joining us with more about this and the impact of Abe's murder on the future of the East Asian Pacific region, our former Japanese assemblyman Yoshiaka Harada and Japanese investigative journalist Moe Fukada. Congressman Harada, let's begin with you. First, our condolences about the death of former Prime Minister Abe. This shocked the world, and he advocated a strong Indo-Pacific alliance of countries to counter Chinese dominance of the region. Will someone else now advance his vision? What does Abe's death mean for your country going forward? We are very sad, and uh, we are sorry for them to, uh, to get such a uh, tragedy. But the uh, Japanese has overcome this uh, tragedy. Moe, Abe's assassin said he killed the former prime minister because he had promoted the unification church Yet Chinese pinks, young Chinese nationalists, uh, celebrated Abe's assassination. Now, you're an investigative journalist. Might this have been a conspiracy, a plot involving pro-Chinese people of influence in your country? What have you discovered? He was a patriot, but actually um, his semiconductor policy has had a devastating consequences for Japan. He is the one helping China through Taiwan. Taiwan uses, uses semiconductor company to make Chinese military power stronger. How important was the Iron Fist joint military exercise for sending a message to China, also for countering the People's Liberation Army buildup in the region? The Japanese uh, politics and uh, security rather depends upon the... Uh, the U.S.-Japan security treaty, we have to uh, increase our own defense uh, budget from at least uh, uh, from 1% to uh, 2%. We must become much stronger, especially against the Chinese. Uh, uh, Chinese. Can the U.S. depend on Japan? Oh, yes, yes. Your political parties are quite divided. Uh, they don't really know which way to turn, or they have disagreements on which way to turn. Some want a stronger alliance with the USA. Others prefer closer ties with China. 
Which faction is winning out, in your opinion, and why? In my opinion, Japan is towards China, not America, because Japanese government decided to help Taiwanese semiconductor industry. Japanese government will give out $5 billion to Taiwanese manufacturing company called TSMC. We will give all of our technology to Taiwan, but Taiwan only helps China. They are the company, they are the people helping Chinese military technology. China already has a hyper, hypersonic missiles and short-range anti-missile system. How they get the, those technology? Those technology, radar chip, the most advanced radar chip was only in Japan. We provided those technology to America, but now America cannot buy those materials, those chips for F-35 or F-15. But now Japanese companies, they ship to China through Taiwan because Japanese government allow them to sell its, its factory to Taiwanese company. Then Taiwanese companies ship out those critical materials and military, military use chips to China. So I believe Japan is towers to China. We are at the crossroad. We need to modify. We need to change our road. We should, we should keep alliance to America. Japanese government knows Taiwan is transferring technology to China. So I, need, I think I need Americans' help to change Japanese attitude, Japanese government attitudes towards China and towards America. With Shinzo Abe's influence now gone from Japan, what would a closer Japanese relationship with China mean for the United States and Taiwan? And China may be more likely to start a war with this American ally than with Taiwan. That's up next. The assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has left a void in Japan's nationalist movement. So will the government now enter into friendlier relations with the Chinese Communist Party? A political divide in Tokyo could move that country in that direction. So what might it mean for U.S. security policy and countering Chinese dominance in the Indo-Pacific region? Our next guest believes China might be setting its military sights on a U.S. ally other than Taiwan. Joining us with more is Jason Ho. Mr. Ho was the lead designer of the F-35 jet flight control and image display systems. He now serves as CEO of Teclium Inc. Jason, it's good to talk with you again. First, the U.S. Congress is on the verge of approving uh, legislation that would give $54 billion in subsidies, also tax credits, to the U.S. semiconductor industry. I guess the idea is to lessen U.S. reliance on foreign chip manufacturers by encouraging them to open up plants and create jobs in this country. Already, the Intel Corporation says it will open manufacturing facilities in Ohio and Arizona this year. So your thoughts on that? Always thinks because those companies created chip supply chain issues. 
And it's just like uh, those social media companies create a censorship problems. If you want to give more money to those social media companies, will they change their position to suddenly cancel the censorship? The same thing. And look at the semiconductor industries. Wherever we get a subsidy, those companies created issue of a semiconductor supply chain. Everything very simple. It is not the U.S. doesn't have technology. It is not the U.S. doesn't have money. The key is where is the free money coming from? So everything comes back to the fundamental issue. And does semiconductor to come back normal? Not to look at free money, but actually use money to put into the new technologies. Actually, U.S. has many new semiconductor technology companies. Japan is the same. South Korea is the same. Those money should not give the people to put more manufacturing facilities, but encourage people to invent a new technology to reinvent the industry. Currently, the United States is dependent on the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, TSM, to supply the chips needed for our national defense and other industries. Our nation would, I guess, risk losing that needed technology if war were to break out between Taiwan and China. What's the danger there? If China really takes Taiwan, I always want to say, just like if one day Amazon doesn't exist, does that mean you cannot buy grocery anymore? Does that mean you cannot uh, find any food supply? It's not the case. Because if there's a money, always business can move very fast. And semiconductor technology is very wide and very thorough. And doesn't mean the current manufacturing system representing the reality of the computer productions. Because those technology is very flexible. Also, they can adapt, adapt to the new technology easily. In that sense, if really something happened from Taiwan supply chain, just like one day suddenly Amazon stopped operate, but the people still have a way to get a computer chip, people will find alternative. And because if there's a money, people will make business. And, and Jason, you think war may be more likely on the Korean Peninsula than in the Straits of Taiwan. Explain why you feel that way. I have learned a great deal, understand their concern, because South Korea probably, people doesn't know, in last election in May, a lot of candidates, especially the primary candidates, they demoed China flag, not only the South Korean flag, also China flag, besides the South Korean flag. The infiltration from the China in South Korea is, is substantial. North Korea, if they take any action against South Korea, and uh, from the China point of view, this is the best. First, they can knock out the South Korea semiconductor industry, which presenting the threat to Taiwan and the semiconductor dominance. Also, if North Korea and the issue anymore against South Korea, even the U.S., even the U.S. and the strike back, South Korean strike back, in the end, there's no winter in the, to, the, to the North Korea, to the South Korea, to the U.S. Everyone will lose because suffering from the war. But China will get great benefits because they can eliminate the South Korea industry and to have China to dominate from the IT business and the semiconductor business. And finally, Jason, the United States is quickly moving forward in developing hypersonic technology. What else should we do about it? I think the most concern we have to look and currently, 
China demonstrated the most advanced and identical and standard module three anti-missile system. And this missile system is co-developed by Japan, Mitsubishi, and the US, Raytheon. And also China tried to extend this technology to North Korea. And that gives North Korea a lot of tools to ignite another Korean war, especially this standard Model 3 and the Missile 3 system is very easy to use to target the satellites. If China or North Korea can knock out the U.S. satellites, the consequence is very, very terrible. Therefore, how to control those technology, how to make sure those technology were not going to China, I think this is a daunting task for the U.S. government to do. Okay, Jason Ho, defense technology expert, CEO of Teclium Inc. Thanks for sharing those insights. We appreciate it. A recent Gallup poll shows fewer Americans believe the Bible is the literal word of God. Only 20% of U.S. adults question believe the Bible is the actual word of God. That's down from 24% five years ago. 49% of adults believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. And what about professing Christians? Well, 25% said they believe the Bible is literally true, while 58% say it's the inspired word of God. So why these astonishing findings? Our next guest believes American churches are falling short in efforts to disciple people in the Christian faith. Dennis Allen is author of the book, The Disciple Dilemma. So Dennis, first, what do you think of the Gallup poll findings? I'm guessing they didn't really surprise you. Hey, Gary, thanks for having me aboard. No, not surprising at all. In fact, they're just reinforcing the other trends we're seeing. They are, okay. So I know that this started long before the COVID pandemic, a trend. So how did the church get so off track in discipling others in the Christian faith? I think the common theme is like, we just haven't done a great job educating recently. If we just had a better sermon, a little better theology, a little harder work, a few more programs, everything would be great. But the core premise of our book is that the problem began 1800 years ago and it's living among us it looks normal. It's not normal. It's these old non-biblical traditions. That's what we want to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Talk about them. So what, what are we looking at specifically? So we, we would talk about the, the fact that we're seeing symptoms like Christians don't know how to talk about their faith. That's almost 90% of the population sitting in the pews. We're talking about people walking off on their faith, about six out of 10 millennials walking off. Those are symptoms. That's not the cause. Those traditions that I just mentioned are really coming from these 1,800-year-old issues like one of them, optional lordship. When we go back 1,800 years ago, we see people who would check in and check out of the faith if things got hot, if things got too costly, things became too uncomfortable. That became a very popular theme. Uh, we talked about another tradition. I'll give you two out of the six just so we can play with them. We call it catch and release Christianity. We go back to Simeon the Stylite Elder back in the uh, fourth century. And what we're doing is we're converting people. We're getting people to say, yes, Jesus is Lord. And then we go about our business as if that has no consequence, impact, or cost in our lives. And what we find is people don't stick well with that. Those are a couple of the traditions out of the six we cited. Well, how is this lack of understanding then of faith affecting American culture? So we wanna make this point, we think it's a biblical case that disciples are the engine, the agency, the process, the mechanism that Christ gave the world for unity, 
for thoughtfulness, for the ability to tolerate, for the ability to interact, and certainly the ability to love, minister, and serve. And what we're seeing is that these traditions, the six that we talk about, have sort of embrittled us. They made us mute, quiet, angry, frustrated, or just simply walking off. And the world is watching us and saying, well, you're no different than the other tribes that we see, so you're irrelevant. We think that's not a good thing for discipleship nor the church. Well, I'm also wondering about overseas. So what's the impact on mission work there? You know, if you look at the stats that we're going through in the mission community, we're seeing a tremendous desertion by single men in the mission community to the extent that it used to be, drive back 30, 40 years ago, men might represent 40, 50% of the singles on the field. They're now one out of 10. Women make up the majority of single missionaries on the field. Now, the married side, a little bit different, but you can see single people walking off the mission field. A lot of despair, depression, struggles, not only with the normal traffic in the mission work, but people who just simply are saying, I can't handle this. I can't take the pressures of being out in the global marketplace in the places where Christ called me as a missionary. So it's having a cost for the professionals as well as for all of us in the pew. Yes, and I, and I know you can't share your faith with others as Christ commanded if you don't understand what that faith is and what it means to you. So what do we do about this? Yeah, that's the great question, because uh, I don't want people to think that we're trying to write a book about gloom and despair and then leave everybody hanging. Uh, there is great hope in Scripture. It is a fantastic game plan that Christ gave us to go get this done. But what we want to try to say in this book is this is not a book about the techniques that Gary personally needs to adopt to be a better disciple. This is a conversation for Christian leaders to begin changing the culture. Think of it almost like the soil in a greenhouse, changing the culture that disciples are raised up in so that we really understand what does it mean as a person of Christ to follow Christ, to count the cost, to die to self. What does that mean? And until Christian leadership begins to change that culture, we're going to keep getting kind of the random one-off strong discipling and continue to see the tailing off, the downward trajectory of people in full discipleship as the Bible described it. Okay, Dennis Allen, the author of the new book, The Disciple Dilemma, thank you for providing those insights. We appreciate it. Thank you, Gary. The push is still on in the United Kingdom to criminalize public prayer and public speech. Just ask 76-year-old grandmother Rosa Layler of Liverpool. In February 2021, in the midst of a COVID-19 lockdown, Rosa was seen walking near an abortion clinic, praying silently, perhaps asking God to deliver her neighbors and the world from the deadly pandemic and babies from abortion. A policeman approached Rosa and told her she did not have a reasonable excuse to be outdoors. She was arrested and fined. I'm sure some Brits complained, how dare this woman violate the lockdown to pray of all things? Doesn't she know she could spread the virus? The problem is we've learned the virus rarely spreads outdoors. And besides, if no one was outdoors, who would catch the virus? Oh, maybe the people entering the abortion clinic, which, by the way, remained open during the lockdown. That was considered essential during the pandemic, but not praying. Anyway, the real issue here is Rosa's right to pray in public. And the prosecution this week dropped the case against Granny Rosa, admitting that her arrest was wrong and she had a, quote, reasonable excuse. 
to pray outdoors. Case closed? Not so fast. Liverpool and other UK cities are considering laws similar to those already in place in Richmond and Ealing. Those cities have established buffer zones where silent prayer and speech are prohibited. In Northern Ireland, a new law prohibits, quote, influencing people within a little more than 300 feet of an abortion facility. Lois McClatchy of the Alliance Defending Freedom UK believes such restrictions prevent women from getting the best help they may need if they decide to keep their babies. It isn't right to be able to, to, to choose what speech is, is given on a public street. Public streets should be uh, free for conversations, for exchanges of, of views. And in this instance, it's a very important exchange of views. It says, I can help you. Let me help you if, if you would like. So whatever happened to the right to free speech and freedom of religion? Unlike the United States, the UK has no such guarantees in a constitution. But Article 9 of the European Court of Human Rights states that everyone has a right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion, quote, either alone or in community with others, and in public or private. Despite that mandate, you can expect more freedom of religion and speech battles in both the UK and in the United States. Although the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of football coach Joe Kennedy to pray publicly, leftists here in the USA and in Europe will continue pushing against public prayer and speech they don't like. You see, they can only create the utopian society they advocate if everyone goes along with the program and thinks like they do. They're always telling us that our democracy is under assault. Yes, it is, by them. Because democracy depends on the open discourse, freedom of conscience and speech and religion that they're trying to crush. These are not really human rights because human rights are whatever governments decide them to be. These are divine rights gifted to us by our creator. Without these God-given rights, our republic will end up on the ash heap of history. But as nations embrace these rights and the one who truly provides them, they will prosper and experience freedom. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, social media, and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.